You know, I was, I was talking to Kristen the other day about a story. Um, and I was thinking back to a time whenever I was a kid. And uh, it just came, you know, they say things happen in full circles, right? It happened in full circle, all right? So when I was about nine years old, give or take, I'm pretty sure I was around nine. Your mom's here. You got to keep it. I know. That's, that's what I was thinking. And so Correct. my mom had this really good china when we were growing up. It was called Tupperware. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, Us moms <laughs> don't like to lose our Tupperware. Yeah, I know. It's like precious stuff here. <laughs> and uh, so we had this, this bowl, and uh, we were all outside doing something. I have no idea what we were doing. Probably yard work. That's all we ever did outside. Just kidding. We <laughs> and we were outside. You know, she's probably hanging clothes up on the clotheslines or something like that because we used to do that back in the day. I bet kids don't even know what that Quit is anymore. I know. Mother, and uh, and so, <laughs> so they're all outside, and I go inside because I want a snack. And my mom uh, and my dad, like, they taught us this delicacy, and it was called uh, nacho chips with some cheese melted on it. And uh, so this one day I decided that that's what I wanted for a snack. And so I ran inside, and uh, I remember grabbing this red Tupperware bowl out of the cabinet, and I threw some chips in it and grabbed some pieces of American cheese, threw it on top, and I was just like, I don't know how this thing works. And so like, I was just like, I think a few minutes sounds good to heat this up. And so I throw it in the microwave. And uh, let's just say by the time it got done, the chips were rock hard. The cheese was no longer cheese. And the bowl had to be thrown away. Like, it was just not a good thing. But when this happened, when this took place, I remember like being in fear for my life because I just ruined my mom's good china. <laughs> and, uh, and so like... Uh, and I remember, like, that was, like, the first instinct. Like, they're going to be so mad. They're going to hate me for this. Like, oh, man, the house stinks now. This is awful. <laughs> and uh, so, as I said, full circle. So the other day, I'm up here at the church working for a little bit. Snow day. Kids are at home hanging out. Get home. And I know we don't have a haze machine at our house. And I just see this Wouldn't nice little. surprise me, though. We could. <laughs> Full production. But I see this slight little haze in the house. And then the smell hits me. It's a smell I've smelled before. Go straight to the microwave. I look at the kids first. I'm like, what'd you guys do? And they were like, nothing. Do you smell that? No. Do you see this? See what? Okay. I get it. And so I go into the, I go into the kitchen and I just broke the news to Kristen last service, so um, it was pretty hard for her to take. It's probably a little easier this time, but it was one of her... Uh, I'm working up the resentment. Oh, is that what it is? Okay. To you, not she, she has this... She's got... Uh, what is it? What's it called? I have Your dishes. dishes. Pioneer. Pioneer Woman. That's what... I was going to say Wonder Woman, but Wonder Woman doesn't make dishes. Um, Pioneer awesome. Woman. That, and, uh, you can buy that to replace And it. so we had this Pioneer dish in there. Owen had to put some chicken fingers on there. He blamed it on Carly, so I don't know if it was Carly or Owen. Um, I'm going to go with probably the both of them, and Peyton probably had something to do with it too. But I opened up that microwave door, and it was in the microwave for so long, this plate had cracked in half. The chicken was black. New details. And uh, it was the nastiest thing I have ever smelled in my life. And, uh, and I know the kids were like, they were like, oh, my gosh, like, I don't know what he's going to think and what he's going to do. Like, this is bad stuff. Because they were like, when I walked back out, they were just like, oh, I do. Like, they knew they were in trouble. And, and I just kind of reverted back to, like, childhood when that happened to me. 
And the Lion King song, The Circle of Life, came The whole circle right of life then. came back around. And when that took place, like, I realized, like, I didn't hate my kids for that. I thought my parents might have hated me because that happened, but I didn't hate my kids for that. You know, as a parent, we learn a new kind of love when you become a parent. You know, you learn this... this Righteous anger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and things look differently. And so... <laughs> But here's the thing that, that we did learn, though. Like, even though you learn to love a little bit differently, you don't always handle situations correctly. No. Like, I am far from father of the year. And, you know, you there are times. You pretty good, though. I appreciate that. It's on video, too. So, but. Um, no reciprocation. It's you, fine. No, you're, you're, you are <laughs> the best mother. Hands down. It's on camera there. Best mother. Mother of the year. I just wanted it to be on record for both of us. You know, it's important. <laughs> And, and in this time, like, here's the deal. Like, we mess up as parents still. Mm -hmm. And even though we love our kids, sometimes our nature comes out, our, our humanness, right? Mm -hmm. and, and we speak things that we shouldn't say. We get angry sometimes when we shouldn't get anger. And, uh, but what I love about this is how God loves us. Mm -hmm. What do you think about that? I think um, as I became a parent... Um, that was when God kind of really revealed to me like a deeper meaning of the way that he loves me because the way that I love my kids is so far different from how I've loved people before I was a parent. Um, you find that like your love just becomes so unconditional that even when you're in the heat of the anger, you're like looking in their eyes and you're like, I can't break their spirit. I know their heart. I know their intentions are good. And I just, I can't you know, just lay into them the way I would somebody who I didn't love like that. And then I feel like that's why God calls himself our father, because he has this type of love that we talk about in the Bible as agape love, which is this non-contingent partiality, meaning there, there's no strings attached. There's nothing that you could have done. And there's nothing that you can do in the future that is going to change his mind. And he's partial to you. Like, hey, that's my kid. It reminds me of like when you get into a situation and somebody's frustrated with your kid because they were acting up and they're really, you know, righteously angry and you come across and you're like, okay, but you know, that's my kid and I know his intentions and he did something wrong, but like we need to work this out in a way that we're not tearing him down or her down because it's, you know, we're just partial to them. We know them from the inside out. And so our kind of love is like when I love my kids, it makes me realize how much more and how much more perfectly that God loves us, his children. So it brings me to John 3.16. Um, this is a verse that I feel like is so, it's not that it's overused because you can't overuse the Bible, but it's, it's, it's said so many times that we lose meaning because it's just routine for us. But for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. And as we're talking about the way we love our children and if we could do it perfectly the way that God does it with us, how hard that would be to give up your one and only son so that whoever believes in him, whoever says, yes, Lord, I want to be your child, um, shall not perish, but you'll have eternal life with him, with your father. And so I just want to constantly remember the meaning that is in that verse, that it's not just this common thread that everybody knows about because Tim Tebow and his cool eye black, but it's 
it's because he wanted, I feel like Tim Tebow wanted to remind even the people that maybe who haven't heard that, it's not on repeat, that there is a, an agape kind of loving father that is inviting you in and gave up his most loved thing, his son, for us. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so there's a story. Um, there was this boy that went to church his whole childhood life. And uh, he, he continued to go to church. He learned all these different things about scripture. He, he did all the, the different kids and youth events that he could go to. And he had a pretty good relationship with Christ. And then all of a sudden, uh, he turned 18 and started to realize that he really wanted to, to do things himself. He was, what, what he realized was that he wasn't really seeking to go to church on himself. He just was kind of being forced to go. And, and so he started to, to like build up this resentment uh, with God. And he blamed everything on God because of the situation and what things were going on. He, he didn't look at the different people that were talking to him and kind of putting him down for different things or guilt tripping him for the way he was living or the different things that were happening. And so in this guilt trip of a time, he, he just kind of placed it all in God's lap. And he ended up leaving the church. And when he left the church, uh, he made this decision that he was going to leave his family as well. He was, he was done living this life. He's done being guilt-tripped. He's, he's done living under their roof. And he takes off. And he takes off to the point where he's nowhere to be found. He's out and he, he is doing drugs. He's, he's constantly drinking. He's constantly gambling, gambling away all of his money. Every time that he gets a dollar, he goes to the casino to try to turn it into $2. And he did every single thing that he could possibly do. And it was not fulfilling. He would find love, but it would be temporary love. Well, while this is all going on, his father found him in a place where he was praying for his heart to change. You see, his, his father knew that if he prayed for that heart to change, that, that he would see his son again. But if he prayed continually, continuously for the situation to change, he wouldn't ever see that change. Things wouldn't happen. It all dealt with the heart and with love. And so his father continued to pray that prayer. And, and as the son began, he, he became broke. He, he couldn't live anymore. He was living on the streets. He couldn't figure things out. And he finally made the decision to call his dad one day and said, can I come back home, please? Without hesitation, his dad was like, absolutely. I cannot wait to see you. Let me give you some money for a taxi. So he gave him money for a taxi. As that taxi pulls up to their house, his dad meets him at the front seat of that car runs down the driveway, meets him, arms wide open, ready to accept him back into that relationship that he had been praying for. There's a twist to this story because there's a brother. And this brother got frustrated that his dad was so happy that he came back. Because at one point he had this relationship with God, had a really good thing going on, but then decided that he wanted to live the life in his way, in the way that he wanted to do it. And so he found what he thought was going to be fulfilling life in this, but then he realized that really his life was fulfilled before he left to worldly things. His brother was praying for a situation. His brother was praying for the situation. He didn't care about what his brother felt. He didn't care about his brother's heart. He wanted the situation to change, but his father focused on his heart. And so when he came home, the brother was furious that his dad was so happy about things. And he was so excited about how things were going and, and that he finally had his son back. And so I challenge us to this. We learn a lot from this and simply the fact that 
We need to pray for the hearts. We need to love in every single situation. Even when it's hard to find love, we find that love. We pray for heart and what it is. Because if you pray for the situation, then that's all that you're going to look at. But when you pray and you focus on the change of heart and the change of direction, the situation will always change. Amen. So in Romans 8, 38 through 39, For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. I feel like we've all... um, had these come to Jesus moments, we've changed our lives, we got our crap together, and then something happens, something changes, and we start to become okay, like, well, it's okay if I just do this one thing, or if I go back to hanging out with this one friend, or um, that there's just so many things that gradually slide us away from our relationship with Christ until one day we come to this point where we say, how did I get here? How did I get so far from God when we were so close? And how can I find my way back to him? How is he going to accept me? Like, he already knows. I already made these changes once. How is he going to be able to accept me? But his love for us is unconditional, that of a father, an unconditional, non-contingent partiality regardless of what you're doing, regardless of how many times you have fallen short, God is waiting for you to come back to him. It's time to come back to him. Yeah, there's a scripture in Luke chapter 15, and I'm going to start in verse 4. And it says this, suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and you lose one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, Hey, rejoice with me. I found my lost sheep. Verse 7, listen to this. I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. It's as simple as this. We hear this scripture. We hear this story, this parable, and we look at this and go, man, that was a really stupid idea, a really stupid thought. And in some ways, we even say, man, that was really reckless because why in the world would a shepherd leave 99 good sheep that are doing exactly what they're supposed to do to chase after the one that decided just to wander off? Like, why in the world would you do that? The scripture doesn't say he called his buddy to come sit with the other 99. He says he left, he left them, left them alone to chase after the one. And I love that because that is, an, that is an incredible thing because what he's sitting here saying when he's speaking this, as simple as this, is that we're going to wander away. And there's going to be times that that happens in our lives. There might be a time where you're sitting here even going, man, like, I've never really had that relationship with Jesus. You still wandered away. You were made in his creation. He created you. Mm -hmm. You have wandered away at some point. And so when you wandered away from him, what he's doing is he is seeking you out. 
He is chasing you down. He is knocking over any obstacle that he has to get to you. And that is what I think is, is just unbelievable because us, we're sitting here going, man, that is reckless. That is just a dumb move to make. But for him, it's a move with willing to make. He wants to make that move. He wants to pursue you. And he pursues you at every single chance and every risk that he has. Yes. And he constantly is jumping over mountains, jumping over hills to make sure that he follows you. But what I love about this is this. He is always right there with you. You don't have to go looking. You don't have to go chasing. He's always there with you. And what I absolutely love about it is that when you turn back to Jesus and you give him everything that you have, what he does is he doesn't make you walk back through that. A lot of times we think, man, I'm going to have to go back through all of this stuff that I've done in my life. But his love is so great that he accepts us right there where we are, right there in our footsteps. Welcome home. And I love his love and how he absolutely loves us and wants us. And I think the most important word in this entire thing is simply this, that there's rejoicing. Yeah. It's a party. He says that. Like, there is rejoicing that is going to happen in, in heaven over one sinner. When somebody comes to know Jesus, we celebrate like crazy. We celebrated last week with baptisms, and we had a yeah. blast celebrating that. But when somebody comes to know Jesus and their life has changed, man, huge things begin to happen. And just think about the parties that take place. I absolutely love that. And, uh, man, I'm excited for what God is doing right now through this church through us, mm -hmm. and through all of you. And so I challenge you. I challenge us to two different things here. The first thing is this. Be honest with yourself. Are you that one lost sheep right now? We don't ever want to admit that. We don't want to ever admit that we're the one wandering off doing whatever we feel like doing. But do you find yourself being that one sheep that God is pursuing? And you're going to sit here and might say even, God's not pursuing me. Oh, he's pursuing you. You just haven't seen him yet. Mm-hmm. And he won't stop pursuing. I promise you that. But then the other question is this. You might be sitting here going, ah, I'm good. I'm the 99. I'm, I'm wonderful. God's out <laughs> chasing other people. I'm good. He didn't call us just to sit around and do nothing. He called us to get out and disciple. The body of Christ. To chase after that one. Mm -hmm. To help them see that. To help them kind of guide their way back. That's what shepherds do. They kind of guide their way back to the flock. We're called to do that. So I challenge you to that. Where do you stand today? And if it's the one, and you're the one, there's commitments to be made. Your life can change today in a huge way. Amen. If it's number two, and, and you're sitting here going, man, I'm good, who are you going to pursue? Who are you going to talk to? Who are you going to share with? Who is it that God is calling you to talk to today? So I challenge you that if God is speaking to your heart, that in your head, in your heart, if you would pray this prayer with me, or if you have wandered off, whether you knew it before this moment or you know it now, that you would pray this with me. Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins. Please come into my heart and make me new. Today, I make you my Lord and my Savior. Amen. If you prayed that prayer with us, congratulations and welcome to the family.
Um, please uh, head to the back if you're here with us, grab a connection card and uh, fill that out so that we can connect with you. Or you can come up to Richie or I and we'd be happy to talk through your next steps because it's so important to make that connection with God, but then you have to make a, a bigger connection with the whole family. Um, also, you can go to uh, the movement.gov. No, we're not government. Movementchurch.community. .community slash go. 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 Go right Do now. Do it. Mm -hmm. And happy rebirth day. Absolutely, yeah. Or you can even drop a comment. Drop a comment below. We said However it earlier. You want to do it. Uh, this is MySpace. such a big thing. MySpace. Yeah. You got to go back to MySpace on this Share one. Share it on social media. Put it on your MySpace. Screenshot it. it tweet it. TikTok send it. it to your friend. Tell them how great it feels to have another you birthday. Do the dance. Do the dance. Yeah. And TikTok. You always it. need another reason to celebrate. What do what? Do you even know what TikTok is? You stop it right now. <laughs> We're going to have a talk. That's when you, this. like, get weird with the holy water, like you're, like, dancing, right? Yeah. <laughs> sure. <laughs> good job, Kristen. Good. She did it. Did that it. was good. That was really did good. It. I'm going to go viral. I can feel it. Yes. That was a Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> <laughs> but, man, we're glad that you guys joined us today, right? Yes, and absolutely. And so this was fun. It gave us an excuse to get some new shoes. And uh, it's always a good one. Pretty sure. And, uh, yeah. And uh, this was exciting. I'm, I'm really glad that we got to preach together. Yeah, me too. And uh, we're glad you guys are here today. And for those of you online, connect with us. We want to be able to pray with you, talk with you. Um, so like, like Kristen said, movementchurch.community slash go. Drop a DM, however it is that you want to connect with us. And we would love to connect with you today. So do you mind praying as we close this out? Absolutely. Uh, Lord, we're just so thankful for the opportunity that you've given so many of us to come back to you or to come to you for the first time. And we're so grateful for the many opportunities that you give us to hear your love for us. 581 times you have reminded us in scripture of how you love us. It tells us the importance of hearing that. That's enough to hear it almost, almost twice every single day. So I just pray that you would continue to be with all of us, that we'd be praying for that lost sheep or that we would be the, the one that comes back. And I thank you for this opportunity um, to speak for you. In your name I pray, amen.